0: This is episode number 74, Your Uniqueness is Your Human Greatness, with Gigi McMillan. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Outs Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your full potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few brief announcements regarding our upcoming events in New York City, Washington, D.C., and San Diego. These are three events during which you'll get to hear from speakers from all over the country, on topics such as turning your pain into your most powerful message. The courage to be you. And flourishing beyond your circumstances. For more information, please go to overcomingoddstoday Forward slash events. Now, let's get back to our guest. What makes you unique? She said. What makes me unique is the work that I've put in into growing my authentic self. It starts with really drilling down and growing internally and finding the experiences that I have gone through and learning to accept them, whether they were great or not so good, but accepting all of me, then being able to pour that into the world in my own unique way. Have you fully accepted yourself for who you are today? Without further ado, please welcome Gigi McMillan. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Ads Podcast. Today's guest is someone who I was introduced to through a mutual friend of ours, Molly. Her name is Gigi McMillan. She's the founder and CEO of an organization called Purple Runway. And a fun fact about Gigi is her and I connected, I believe it was a week ago, and I remember the brief phone call that we were supposed to have turned into well over an hour of us just sharing and talking about our mission. So, Gigi, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. uh, I'm excited to be here, and I'm loving the work that you're doing and will continue to do. So thank you for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to have this conversation as really just a continuation of what we had originally started. And the theme of today's episode that I wanted to explore, which relates very closely to your story, is your uniqueness is your human greatness. And so, as, as, as part of that, or the way that I would like to start off this conversation is asking you a question. And that question being, what makes you unique?
1: beautiful. Um, What makes me unique is I think the work that I've put in to growing my authentic self. Mm. It starts with really drilling down and going internally and finding the experiences that I've gone through and learning to accept them Mm -hmm. for great or for, for not so good, but accepting all of me and then being able to pour that out to the world in my own unique way.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. Now, you know, as someone who's lived a similar um, journey to you, and not the same exact experiences, but mm-hmm. um, similar uh, events that we might have gone through in our lives, mm-hmm. what I've learned is that it takes time to really embrace your identity. And there are certain um, elements and experiences that you have to dig through multiple layers before you can really fully understand why certain experiences happened. And what can you make out of them? Mm -hmm. So is there a time in your life that you can go back to when it all kind of, quote, unquote, made sense? Mm -hmm. As far as, you know, these are the things that happened to me, but I'm not gonna let them define me. And this is how I'm going to start viewing a lot of these events that have happened in my life.
1: Right? Yeah, so that the, the aha moment, if you want to say, um, it, it started five years ago when I was wrestling with being uncomfortable, working at a job. I, I was not happy. I did, I worked great. It was a great job. Um, I enjoyed the people that I was working with, but I did not feel whole. And, um, growing into understanding something was missing inside of me. So I decided to take a hiatus, so to say, from corporate America. Mm -hmm. And when I decided to take that hiatus, it became, it was saying, you know what? I really want to work with one-on-one people, feel that personal connection with them as a personal stylist, as a personal presence coach, grow that. And I think everything will be great, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, you know. As you know, you're diving in, you're doing all the right things, you're following all the plans and saying, "Okay, I have this. Um, I'm an expert at this. I know how to introduce the subject matter of providing the best elements to your body and your fit and your personality and all of that. But once I I was able to put the package together, so to, to say, to be able to give it to the world, I still felt something was missing. So I really often said, I have all the pieces. What is this? And then it hit me. Um, I was triggered by something that happened to me many years ago as a domestic violence survivor. And that aha moment came as why am I not feeling passionate about what I'm doing? It's because I haven't dug deep enough to heal. mm I had not worked on the internal as much as I do in order to to be able to be authentic and to be, you know, a fireball when Mm -hmm. I'm working with clients and being able to help them express themselves, you know, unapologetically, so to say. Whether you're in corporate America or you're, an, or you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, an artist, you have to find that brand identity in whatever you're doing. And I was disconnected from everything I had built over a year and a half because I was missing that internal link. So I said, you know what? After that trigger happened, I said, this is it. I have to dig deeper. I have to I because if I'm talking to you and I'm trying to help you uncover something mm-hmm. and uncover your inner badass so to say you know how can I do that if I haven't done it for myself so at that point I put the emergency brake on and I pretty much stopped pretty everything that I had built over a year and a half and I went on an a self exploration journey And it was hard it was um, painful Um, but ultimately that's where Purple Runway was birthed because it was the missing piece that internal piece Mm -hmm. to that powerful presence so doing that work on the inside by going to therapy by assessing where my strengths were and where my weaknesses are and then talking to people and finding out, what do you what do you see in me? But also, where do you see that I could spend more time growing? Because sometimes we see ourselves in one way, whether that's for great or whether it's for, um, you know, we don't have enough confidence in ourselves. And I call that the exploration of self-esteem. And there's this thing that's called um, is called contingent self-esteem and contingent self-esteem is where I look to you to give me that, Oh my goodness, I'm great. I'm wonderful. I can do this. Or I look to a project that I'm working on and I'm, and I'm so much to get to that project. But when I get to the end and all of the, Aha moments for myself are are checked, and that project is over. But then I go back mm. into next.
0: So is it almost like self uh, self validation? In yes. a way, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So I don't. For me, it was identifying how to embrace self esteem, which is movable, and own self worth, which is immovable.
0: Very interesting. Right. I've never, I never—I don't think I've ever thought about it in those terms before.
1: Yes. Because if we understand our worth and we put the work into our uniqueness and our presence in the world and what our gift is to the world, it's a journey. It's not a race. And it doesn't matter if I, if I try something and I make a mistake or if I try something and I might fail at that. It doesn't move the worth that I feel within myself. That makes so sense. That, yeah. that is the journey that I had to start. And that was with Purple Runway four years ago. Now I stumbled and I, and I made missteps. Pulling that, that trauma to the surface, naming it, identifying it, owning it to be able to walk that every single year. And now we're leading up to the fifth year and I feel more powerful and and we're breaking through all of those things to make sure that every day that I feel centered and every day that I'm able to give something to the world and give something to another sister that may need her cup. I and pour into each other to, to create a community of thriving people that are embracing self-esteem, but, in, but owning self-worth and the uniqueness of each individual part of us. So
0: That's amazing. Thank you. What have you learned from yourself during this process? You know, it sounds like to me, one of the things is that there's no obstacle too great. To overcome, right. and the work does start within. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you've learned that are kind of critical takeaways that you were yeah. able to identify?
1: Yes, one of the major ones is I learned to be vulnerable. It's okay to be vulnerable, and after when you grow up <clears throat> and you've gone through uh, trauma and challenges, and um, not knowing who to. Trust. Trust is such a big thing, because if we don't trust ourselves, it's very hard for us to trust other trust people. Trust others, yeah. Yeah. So me being able to say, why do I have a wall up? And chipping away at that wall, like scaffolding. So my my external body and my body is, I, I like to give the example of the Washington Monument, because hmm. I live in Washington, D.C., And you remember um, it was a time uh, quite a few years ago. We had our very first earthquake, at least ever since that I've been here. And the monument was um, damaged. So for several years, they put the scaffolding around that monument while they were doing the repairs. And as I was walking the journey and learning to trust myself and learning to be vulnerable and learning to share that, I can... I was able to see, because that was during the time, how the scaffolding slowly and surely came away from that beautiful um, historical monument that sits in our nation's capital, mm. right? But I use that as an analogy for myself, is taking one piece away at a, at a time and investing in that. And if I get stuck, it's okay. It's quite all right. But it, 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 I might have to, have to spend a little bit more time on this particular trauma, but it's worth it because when I break through it, mm-hmm. I know how to deal with it. But or at least in 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 the mindset of really um, overcoming, that doesn't mean traumas will not hit me again because during the trial or the hearing uh, with Dr. Ford being on that stand, during her testimony get Brett Kavanaugh. And she stood there and she raised her hand and she swore to tell the truth. And they said to her, in the end, we don't believe you. That was a huge trigger for me. Mm. And I did not know how to deal with it. And I found myself being upset, angry, short-tempered, all of those things. And then it hit me. What happened? What changed I learned into the tools that I learned, and I taught myself and I learned from therapy, and I went right back to my therapist and we were able to get through that so when the next thing that that has come up, for example, Jeffrey Epstein, that did not trigger me in such a way that that made me angry, but I was able to channel my angriness in such a way that it empowered me to do exactly what I'm doing and to thrive forward.
0: Mm. Well said. There's so many things that I want to be able to pick apart and really unpack. And the first one that comes to mind is this um, concept of therapy. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's um, a lot of stigma when it comes to just talking about therapy in general. And some of the things that I've learned over time is that it implies that there's something wrong with you and that you need to seek professional help. But really what I've been able to learn over time is therapy comes in so many different forms and sizes. That's right. This right now is therapeutic to the yeah. listener and to those that are engaged in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Writing is therapeutic. Any form of expression when you are being grateful mm-hmm. is a form of therapy. So as part of that, you know, I want to really break down how did you what was your mindset when you first entered therapy? You know, th- were, did you identify that as something was wrong with you and that you needed professional help or mm-hmm. did you go another way about it?
1: Um, I, I really entered therapy as something was wrong with me and um, and but I wanted to fix it. Mm. Right. It's okay because I didn't have I didn't have the tools to understand that it wasn't anything wrong with me at at that point. But going into it, therapy was something that people never talked about.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, we have um, celebrities or influencers, you know, that are gold medal winners. You know, Michael Phelps. He just like he says, he was an engine. He was trained to be the best that he could be in that water, every stroke,
2: mm-hmm.
1: out of the pool, he was, he, he was lost.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it no one ever told us it was okay to be lost because you fulfilled a need mm-hmm. with that contentious self-esteem mm-hmm. that we were just talking about. You fulfill a need, and that gives you that, you know, that high of being of approval for yourself and from others and you keep just trying to go to that high but then you crash and then when I crash my crash was maybe not compared to anyone I've ever really shared this because I just asked the right question I think I contemplate well I know I thought about taking my own life because I thought something was wrong with me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? I, and when I had that thought, that's what made me think. It was, maybe I should go to therapy. I never um, put anything into place or plan or to, or I wrote about it, but going to therapy was like, you know what? Maybe I just shouldn't be here. And that was a, a, a sign of that conversation in my own head. hmm on a lot further but it was at that point where I, I i took my own power what little bit i thought i had at that point to go seek professional help
2: mm.
0: that's Soul said I, you know there's so many things that you mentioned within that the internal dialogue it becomes so critical in every part of everything that we do within our lives mm-hmm. not only how do you view yourself but what do you tell yourself to Motivate yourself to know that you are enough, and that you do have the answers, and you do have all the resources at hand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about how you look at the situation. Um, I've always learned and believed that at any given moment, no matter how difficult the circumstances may be, you have the tools to we solve to. that problem. That's right. At all times,
1: we just have to own it. Mm-hmm. We have to own the hurt, and we have to own the um, obstacles that we can figuratively or actually in complete visual, visual um, expression that we understand is in front of us. Mm-hmm. Just like a runner mm-hmm. running for a race, a marathon. They're looking at that road ahead of them and they feel the people on the side of them. And yet the only thing that they know is they have to and they just take put one foot in front of the other with their determination they can be champions
2: Mm -hmm. they can
1: be champions but it starts in our head and it can go back to my childhood Mm -hmm. i look at that right now and saying you know even after the tragedy that i went through my mom and my dad especially i'm a daddy's girl even Mm -hmm. at the age I am now he would tell me every day how beautiful I was and how I could do how I could achieve anything and we as kids and as teenagers we like yeah dad whatever mm-hmm. you know we we blow that off and we somehow through insecurities friends that we start nulling and voiding those voices that are there to support us because we're like, oh, it's dad, it's mom, it's our family. They're supposed to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But not everyone has that. So you take advantage of it and Mm. you just, you know, you just, you just use that as something like that. That's what they're supposed to do. But when you get away from that, and with me going to therapy, the great part about that is my dad, always whispered in my ear whether he knew it or not. It's like, my dad, he's always said I could do this. I could overcome anything. I could do anything. But how do I do this? Why can't I do this? Why do I feel like I, I cannot do this?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And my journey today still continues. It hasn't stopped. It's obstacles that I still have to overcome and look at that road with of not looking to my left or right to win my own race and to be and to be able to say you know what great job whether no one else said i tell myself great job when i make mistakes
0: mm. recognition yeah
1: right it's okay because because at one point in time as a military the military in the military you know you have the white glove test mm-hmm. everything has to be perfect, all of that. I grew up in a military family. So it's second nature for everything to be perfect around us. But again, breaking out of that perfection was taking another chip off of that um, scaffolding of myself.
0: Mm. i past that. I, I read a quote from Gary Vaynerchuk a couple days ago, and he was talking about how okay. we never truly figured out. And it just made so much sense because I think we figure out certain elements of the obstacles or whatever other areas that we're working in. But there's no there's not truly an end to it. And so you know, as part of that, it, it just reminds me that because we never truly figure out, like we think that when, when we're in our, he was saying when we're on in our 20s, we're going to f- figure out the type of job we're going to have. That's right. In our 30s, we're going to figure out the type of family we're going to have. In our 40s, in 50s, and 60s. But really, it's always going to be an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. There's no end to it. Same thing yeah. when it comes to dealing traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you might have found the tools and whatever else to help you deal with what you, what you know now, but as you continue to elevate yourself and other factors come into your life, such as questions being asked by other people, well, what did you think of this time? How do you view your parents after that? You know, how do you look at certain circumstances after it all happened? Then you're going to be caught in a position where you haven't answered them before. So you're going to have to find another set of tools to deal with what you've built so I think right. you, you always build it. You're always building one upon the other. And there's you, you never really hit the end of it. And I think that's the most beautiful part about life is when it comes to progress and who you are and who you are becoming is you're meant to evolve. You know, you speak, you speak mm-hmm. of the monument. It's like every single day, every single minute, you're going to take away a tiny part. And even at moments where you think this is it, it's not it. You have plenty more it. work to do.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know what? And one and and that work once let's scaffolding off that work. One of the most important pieces is gratitude. Mm-hmm. And we hear that a lot. And I I definitely have heard it to, heard it a lot. But how do we really? Demonstrate gratitude on a day. Is it gratitude because we have a win? Is it gratitude because we have another client? Is it is gratitude something that um is is it comes here or there? Mm-hmm. You no know, gratitude for me and how I am able to embrace every day is again by you know the mistakes and being saying you know what I'm here because of this. Mm. And sometimes we have people that disappoint us as we're still growing, whether it's 20, 30, 40. We're going to have people that disappoint us. Mm-hmm. And each person that I may have come in contact with in order to keep myself whole, unique, understanding my value and my worth. And if someone disappoints me, I've learned to take a step back and say, okay, that, that hurt me. I'm very disappointed in that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what did that person give me?
0: Mm-hmm. What did I learn?
1: what did, yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That person may have said a quote to me that I have taken away for the rest of my life. It could be something as small as that. Mm-hmm. It may not been their quote. They could have quoted something in a very wonderful conversation during that time, and that is something as small. As as I could have taken away from them, so I will focus on not the wrong. After I wrong, I will focus on what they gave me, and let freedom reign.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Because for me, when it's all said and done, because I because of the trauma, because of the tragedy, I could easily turn back the hands of time and be resentful and become bitter Mm -hmm. untrusting to people. But I've learned if I trust myself, if I let go, if I continue to feel with gratitude, no matter what, what the hurt is, then I'm going to make the impact and help change lives with the communities that I'm able to be involved with.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Authentic place.
0: It's always within you, the situation, the problem, whatever it may be, it's always within you. And it's all about how you view that particular case. Just like you said, you may be in situations where people hurt you or they're not showing you gratitude where you think it's Mm -hmm. due. But really, at the end of the day, I believe that there is a right time and right place for everything. Everything. And just because I think it's the right time for you to say X, Y, and Z, you may not think the same way. And that's perfectly fine mm-hmm. because that's just what it is. And you really can't change what is Right. besides making a choice based on what you think needs to be done. One of the things you mentioned was your dad whispering that message to you. My dad did a similar thing when I first came to the States at 12 years old, he shared this message with me over a dinner table and we're, we're solving a math problem and he said uh son never say you can't do something in life and it's funny because at the yeah. time I was just like okay
1: a I, trip, we are-
0: I get it can't do something I'm just I'm gonna take it the way you know whichever way I can and what I learned over time was eight nine years later it has literally been a principle that I live by. Yeah. So it's very interesting how you mentioned, you know, it's that sense of comfort that we develop with that person, and we allow them into our lives. And even if that person was just there for a day, for a week, for a season,
1: for a season, mm-hmm.
0: they can still change your life yes, if you can. allow, if you invite other people into your life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is very interesting because it, it goes back to the whole topic that we we're talking about of greatness and potent, potential, and that is every single person can have an impact. That's it's right. not about the title. You don't have to be a CEO. You can be a janitor. You can be someone who's homeless. Whoever you choose to be, you can still have an impact That's on right. the entire trajectory of another person's life.
1: But you first. But first, you have to accept and be grateful for yourself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because you cannot give that away unless you understand your life, your uniqueness, your purpose, and you've done the work. Mm-hmm. In the um, what we're going through right now as a country, mm-hmm. right? A, a, a lot of the the divides and and all of that. If we just just put that into one human being, if we have not embraced our um, where we should grow and what we can do to become that person, instead of looking back at others and thinking I could not do this, I'm not able to do this, mm-hmm. um, that I can't, that I can't. Just like your dad said, mm-hmm. it's one of the most debilitating things that I think every single person, and I mean every single person, has gone through in their life. Mm-hmm. Whether it was Tony Robbins mm-hmm. or Gigi McMillan, mm-hmm. it's the ones that push past that. Whether it's the, the, the kid learning to ride without training wheels. I can't, dad. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I fell. I can't. But as they try and try more with that encouragement of a community and seeing people around them saying, you know what, I may not have all the tools right now. I may not have all the pieces right now, but I'm going to push through and I'm going to push through with the mistakes. And you know what? That's what made me stronger. When you started what you're doing,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you didn't have the tools. Correct. You just just dived in. Mm Mm-hmm. When I started Purple Runway, I didn't have any tools to do it through tears, through Hmm. intense, you know, nights and days and everything and a no no quit attitude. We're here five years later Mm -hmm. and we still have so much growing to do. You're looking, looking back and saying that can't do becomes I will.
2: Mm-hmm. I will. Mm-hmm.
1: I will do this. I will do that. And changing the mindset and changing the, the the power of our words, not just externally because you can get up on a stage and you can have a powerful speech, but then there are people that go home back into their cocoon and still have things that they're wrestling with but yet they don't want to go to therapy and yet they don't want to talk they don't have a community that they feel connected to and trusted to be able to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and all of those things have to come together in a perfect storm for us to be the best that we can be
2: Mm.
0: how do you want others to remember you
1: Mm. I want others to remember me as someone that gave it her all, that was very inclusive, that was always um, wanting to inspire people to feel as if they can do Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and get rid of the I can't, I'm scared, I'm fearful. And always to be able to say that Gigi believes that we've had a great relationship, near or far. That I believe in every single person that I have been able to connect with.
0: Wow, that's powerful. Final final thought for today's question and this is a question that I ask all of our guests at the end of the show and that is who or what are you grateful for today
1: Mm. I am grateful it can it can change per day to be honest but I am grateful for that's immovable um, for believing in in me when I came to them and told them about my trauma and they've always been there for me ever since then but I also be that people like you believe in my journey Mm -hmm. because if it wasn't for people that would see something in what we're doing and the lives that we touch, then what is it for? Mm -hmm. And to get a call from you across the country and for us to talk for over an hour and a half. (laughs) Like we have known each other for years and effortlessly, effortlessly. Mm -hmm. People like you is what keeps me going.
0: I really think that's how you build a community at the end of the day. I think there is... um, What I've learned over time of of doing this work is that it's one thing to build a community based on people's interests and the topics that they're interested in, but it's a whole other aspect to actually build a community from within Mm -hmm. and ask the questions that you genuinely want to know answers to. Talk about the topics that you want to learn more about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I've learned is really the best way that I've been able to define as far as building a community, because with a method like that, I noticed that I've never been in the situation where I didn't feel myself when talking about a particular topic right. because every conversation that I've had has been intentional has been purpose-driven has been answering a question that I wanted to know an answer to
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you know go, going back to Gary and one of the things that I remember he mentioned during the presentation that he was giving in London he was saying how you know he he knows his topics and he's not going to step out into a field where he doesn't know that particular topic
1: that's right that's right
0: because it's living it's it's living outside of what you currently know
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and so it's trying to be an expert in a field that you truly haven't been in
1: you haven't been in
0: and so and when it comes to uh, working with trauma, transformation, um doing the work that you've done, you know, it's it's very interesting because you've literally lived it. And I think that's the best form of education you could, you could ever get yeah. is a lived experience. Because yes. you. you've gone through the trials, you understand what it's like just like you said to sit there and cry and ask yourself why are certain things not working out the way they're supposed to and mm-hmm. And it's all part of the process. I think the other thing that I've learned is that when you do experience those, I guess we could say rather intense adversities, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that is the perfect sign that you are on on the right track. Because when you think about any story, anyone who has ever done something outside of their comfort zone and outside of their individual being, they all share one thing in common, and that is they've hit a major breaking point before they were able to reach their vision.
1: Yeah, their breakthrough. That's right.
0: Whether it's being homeless, whether it's not having any money, I was listening to another story. I, I forgot the the founder, but he worked on this project for 17 years mm-hmm. and ended up owing so much money to his uncle for rent and everything else but when he finally was able to see his, his vision come to life it all made sense. It sense and i think that's what it's supposed to teach you it's supposed to teach you all these different skills of overcoming of the awareness that you have to develop what do you tell tell yourself when you hit an adversity like that when you can't pay your bill what do you tell yourself how do you figure it out Who are the people that are really there for you when a situation like that comes? And so it really helps you, I think, narrow down in so many different groups and areas over time. Mm -hmm. My mom shared a phrase with me a long time ago. She said that as you go on through life, you'll be very fortunate to have a handful of people that are really there for you. That's right. Now, at the time, I was like, "How can that be true? I can name you at least fifty that I can call <laughs> but as i as I went through life and situations did get tough, it really made it made perfect sense
1: that's
0: that there are really only four I mean, to five people
1: that's right, and you know what you're 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 a blessed person if you have four to five people mm-hmm. a lot of t- a lot of people, and I've had similar conversations when it comes down to it if you get one, this is the conversation of a confidant.
2: Mm.
1: It's a confidant, constituent.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Conrad, they are for what you are for. Right? Mm -hmm. The constituent, they they may look like a um, confidant, because they may be in it with you or what have you, but they're only there when you are giving them what they want and what they need. If you change positions a little bit mm-hmm. and they they don't believe in that position, they want you to, to do this. And if you start to grow and you start to do this, then they may lose interest. interest. Mm. That's a constituent. And a confidant, they are there for you. Only you.
2: Mm.
1: You say, I'm going left, they're gonna go left with you. Mm-hmm. If you say I'm gonna go right, they're gonna go right with you. And they may be in front of you some sometimes saying, Come on,
2: mm-hmm. what
1: are you waiting for? You know, when you're when you're down, they're on the they're crying with you. When you're up, they're celebrating with you. And we don't get too many of those people mm-hmm. in our lives. So we're blessed to have one or two of those and be, and, and I was a confidant and a consultant. look the exact same and time will tell you mm-hmm. where they stand.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Gigi, where do people find you? And what are some of the things that you have coming up through your organization and other projects that people can be a part of?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I, uh, you can reach me on purplerunway.com. We have our fifth annual event coming up on October the 20th this year at Mercedes Benz in Arlington, Virginia. Um, a hop, skip and a jump right outside of Washington, DC. And, um, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook and also on Twitter. And Gigi McMillan on Facebook, if you know, personally, mm-hmm. and on social media. Um, and you can reach me at uh, www.camisol.net, where we talk about our internal and our external growth and how we can be authentic in our presence every single day.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing and thank you for being such a wonderful guest.
1: I really, really appreciate your time and thank you for having me again.
0: Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes, featured stand up and speak up stories and ways you can be involved with overcoming odds. Once again, thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next week.